This is what's written. Since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin that clings so closely. And let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us. Looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the sake of the joy that was set before him endured the cross, disregarding its shame, and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such hospitality, such hostility, excuse me, such hostility against himself from sinners, so that you may not grow weary or lose heart. The word of the Lord. <clears throat> so if you're visiting today, those around you will tell you that it's odd to see me up here reading my message. I usually don't. I usually walk out here and walk around and do a bunch of stuff. <laughs> but every now and then I... I want to make sure the words that I offer remain tight and not loose. Today is one of those days. I've been speaking with a lot of you this week. I've been speaking with a lot of my family and friends this week. Watched the news. Turned it off, turned it on. It's been a hard week for us all for different reasons. We are not in the same place on this thing, not even close. I've run across every response and every emotion there is in others some in myself. I will tell you that I went into Tuesday prepared for either candidate to win the election. I tend to do that. I knew it would be close, though. I knew that. That I knew. I knew it. I also knew that no matter who was elected, we were going to have protests and possible violence afterward. That I also knew wasn't even a question. I fully expected it. In fact, I expected it to be even a little worse than it has been. We live in a broken world, after all. It's been that way for a long time. When I came up with this sermon title weeks ago, I, I wasn't thinking of the election, though. I wasn't thinking of that with the stick-with-it title. No, I was thinking instead of this wonderful church and you beautiful people and how your giving is a big part of what makes this place so meaningful for so many. That's what I was thinking of. I see God in every gift you give, your gifts of time, your gifts of money, your grace-filled gifts of faith and heart. And I was going to ask you to stick with that. That was going to be the message. But the title 
stick with it has a different meaning today, it seems, than it did when I started planning this sermon. Now it seems it's about how we are supposed to make it as a country. And I can tell you with all certainty that I would be saying this to you today, no matter who ended up being elected, that much is clear. We are that divided. We are that separated. We are that lost as a people. We are so distant from each other, in fact, that compromise may be something that simply isn't possible. Democracy relies almost solely on the ability to compromise. So when we cannot compromise, when we cannot listen to someone else long enough to try and see where they are coming from, when we cannot do that, there is no democracy. There is only chaos. I've stood before you too many times, like so many pastors across this nation, this past few years, having to somehow muster up the courage to remind you of our faith and our calling in the wake of some event. Event isn't even the right word. School shootings, racial struggles, rioting, bomb threats, terrorist attacks. It has tested my resolve as a pastor and as a person of faith as I know it has tested yours. We live in a broken world. It's been that way for a long time. In his most recent book, David Brooks observes what he calls a shift in our culture from a culture of humility to a culture of the big me. From a culture that encouraged people to think humbly of themselves to a culture that encouraged people to see themselves as the center of things, the center of the universe, he goes as far as to say. He notes that between 1948 and 1954, psychologists asked more than 10,000 adolescents whether they considered themselves to be a very important person. At that point, 12% said yes. The same question was asked again in 1989, and this time, 80% said they considered themselves to be very important. Have we gone so far down that track that we don't even care what someone else has gone through or endured in their life and why they think the way they do? Is that it? We live in a broken world. It's been broken for a long time. There's another way, though, a different way. The book of Hebrews that we just pulled this brief scripture from is actually a sermon written to a congregation years ago. I've mentioned that each time we've preached from Hebrews, and we've preached from Hebrews recently a couple of times. It's a sermon. We don't know who wrote it. We like to think we do. Scholars have a field day with trying to figure that one out. It's good job security. They just go after it. But we really, we really don't know. 
What we do know is that it was written to a congregation that was going through a difficult time. They were suffering from what they saw out in the world compared to what their faith called them to be. They were tired of trying to make a difference, tired of dealing with the tension in the world, tired of the whole entire thing, and they were ready to toss in the towel. They were done, exhausted, finished. So the preacher steps up to the microphone. But as Tom Long is quick to point out, the preacher doesn't take the congregation into the sanctuary, which might have been the likely place, or to some deeply spiritual place with candles and incense and smells and bells in order to tell them that everything is going to be all right. No, instead, he takes them to the sports arena and he signs them up. He drafts them into the great relay race of faith. He points them to another way, reminds them of another way, reminds them of their way. In the chapter prior to the one we just read, the preacher talks about all the runners who have been running the race up to now, how the baton has been passed from Abel to Enoch to Noah to Abraham, each runner handing it off to the next. And then he turns and faces the people that are hearing this message and says, now it's your turn. It's our turn. But don't run like you've been running, cries the preacher. You can hear it in, in the words. Don't run like you've been running. Stop looking only to yourself. Doing that will only add to the weight that you're already carrying and will wear you out. It will exhaust you. No, humble yourself instead to look to the lead runner. Focus on the one who runs the race has already finished the race, has already blazed the trail, already forged the path. The one who's already pioneered and is perfecting the whole thing start to finish. Look to Jesus instead. Make his way your way. As the pioneer, Jesus is the one who shows us where to go. As the perfecter, Jesus is the one who shows us how to run. In fact the only one who makes it possible for us to run at all. Run in the way of Jesus Christ. The Jesus way. The Jesus way doesn't back down from what is right, but also doesn't lord what is right over others. The Jesus way does not discriminate between black or white, or red or blue, or rich or poor. The Jesus way sits down with the greedy tax collector and the well-to-do as well as the sick and the lame. The Jesus way looks at every single person as someone made by God who took great care in making them. The Jesus way, as Paul puts it, is a way of love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The Jesus way is a humble way. The Jesus way is the way of the church. The Jesus way is our way. 
though it is fine for us to belong to them, we are not about the way of any political party or faction or movement. We are about the way of Jesus. We are about honoring people, no matter what their background may be or their race or their family ties or their place of birth. We're about welcoming people because Jesus was about welcoming people. We're about teaching the faith because Jesus was about teaching the faith. We're about helping the helpless because Jesus was about helping the helpless. We're about reconciliation because Jesus was about reconciliation. We're about standing in the breach because Jesus Christ stands in the breach. He gets down into the trenches and holds on for dear Life, that's who Jesus is. That's what Jesus does. That's my Christ. The good news of the gospel has revealed to us that just at the time when we should have been run out of town on a rail, Jesus stepped in and took our place. That just at the time when we deserved the very worst, Jesus gave us God's very best. That's the race he ran. And that's why I give to this church. I give to this church because despite all that divides us, I see the Christ in each of you that unites us. Sometimes I have to look hard. Sometimes I have to look hard when I'm looking in the mirror. I give to this church because despite all the different views we have about what our country is or isn't or should be or shouldn't be, I see the Holy Spirit blowing through your life, bouncing off the walls of this place and tossing us all back out into the world to give it another go. I give more to this church each year because I see Jesus here. I'm giving more next year. I'm making that commitment today. A commitment to God. A commitment to you. I commit myself to this community of faith with all its warts and bruises and blessings and wonders. I commit myself to staying in the race. When you come forward in a moment to make your own commitment, don't just commit yourself to your giving. Commit yourself to Jesus Christ. Commit yourself to the way of Jesus way of this church. I can't promise you that things are going to turn out all right. God does not promise that this life is going to be all right. What God does promise is to stick with us, and I would invite you to do the same. Whether you are one who is disappointed in the events of this week or one who is more optimistic, stick, stick with us. We need your voice. If you're numb and confused and don't get it, 
or don't know what to think anymore, stick with it. We need you. God needs you. This church family needs you. Don't give up. A well-known Episcopal priest years ago named Samuel Shoemaker was asked why he poured his life into the wretched, unsavable areas of New York City. He was getting older and his health was failing. He was weary and tired. And his sense of the need of the city was overwhelming and discouraging. And a friend of his finally asked him, he said, why do you do it? Why don't you just run away from it all before you are broken by this burden you have placed on yourself? Why not just get out? You know what he said? He said, I'd like to run away from it all. I really would. But a strange man on the cross won't let me. Our world is broken. It's messy. It's been that way for a long time. But we will stick with it. We will not give up. We will run the race that is set before us. We will continue to seek the way of Jesus. Yes, Jesus, the one who makes it possible for us to run it all, the author and perfecter of our faith, the one who wraps our hearts up in the grace of God and absolutely will not let us go ever, ever, ever.